Our next reading of Scripture is going to come from the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. 2 Peter 3, 9 through 12. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved with the elements that will melt with fire? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple months back, I got a summons for federal jury duty, and it was my first time to ever get summoned for federal. I'd been summoned for county before since I've been here, but my first, gosh, I think my first actual time as a citizen to ever um, be summoned for federal duty, and you know, let's be honest, I mean, nobody wants to serve on jury duty. Like, you know, nobody wants that. But I'm a weirdo. I think it's important for us as citizens of this nation to do the duty that required of us. That's how these things work. We all do our part. Things work out pretty well. So, okay, jury duty. Here I go. Off to Jackson. Off to the federal courthouse. Um, But I'd forgotten till I saw so many folks walking back from um, from uh, from the courthouse back to their car. And I remembered... Oh, yeah, no electronics, no cell phone, no iPad, and I'm worse than a child. How will I ever function without all of my toys? How will I spend this time with nothing to do? So y'all, y'all be proud of me. I went old school. You know what I did? I took a book. Yeah, I sat there and read a book like an old man because that's what I am. So I said, if I got to sit here and spend all this time hanging out off Court Street in Jackson or wherever it was, I'm going to take me a book and I'm going to be productive and I'm going to use this time where I'm waiting for something good. I like that concept of using the time where you're waiting for something good. Some of my favorite movies or pop culture things kind of have that as a kind of a plot point where someone is waiting or doing something and they use the time well. I don't know how many of you remember the great theological work Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Um, if you're familiar with the movie, Bill Murray has to relive the same day over and over and over and over again. Throughout the movie, you see him learning different things, playing the piano, learning a foreign language, learning the Heimlich maneuver, and you see him learn all these different tasks and grow all these different ways throughout the movie until he finally learns the point he was supposed to learn in the movie. Another one of my favorites is Shawshank Redemption. If you've seen Shawshank, you know Andy Dufresne is in prison, and he spends all those many years waiting with his little hammer digging through the wall to get to freedom. 
one of my other favorite shows and these type of stuff is Doctor Who. And there's this one episode of Doctor Who where the doctor has to relive the same day about a million times. But every day he lives it. He learns something. He grows. He finally figures out the point of what's happening. And I love that concept because at all of these times, hopefully me with a book, but in those movies, you see that individuals learn quickly or learn maybe slowly that the time they wait in the waiting, it isn't necessarily wasted time, but it's time where you can learn, time where you can grow. You know, Advent is a season where we talk a lot about waiting. You've heard us talk every Sunday these last three weeks about waiting. You've heard that common refrain of waiting. And we think, we think with an Advent, we focus a lot because we're so close to Christmas, we focus a lot on the waiting that the people did for the birth of Christ, for the hundreds of years that they waited for Jesus Christ to be born. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. They were waiting for centuries for his birth. We focus so much in Advent on the waiting that the people did for the birth of Christ. But that isn't the totality of the waiting of this season. Part of the other focus is the fact that we now, we wait for his return. And just as they waited for his birth, we wait for his return. I think the theological book or the book that I've read in my life that probably has influenced me more what I believe was a book written by a guy by the name of Ted Runyon. Ted was a a theology professor at Candler Seminary in Atlanta. And he wrote a wonderful book that I adore called The New Creation. And this book talks about what is the purpose of our salvation and what is the purpose of Christ's return. And his book says this, that when Adam and Eve fell, when Adam and Eve fell, everything became disordered. That we as humans are disordered. Like there's something broken about us. Um, the old Wesley hymn, Love Divine, take away our bent to sinning, Alpha and Omega B. And there's something within each of us that if we're going to be honest, it's drawn to the dark, isn't it? There's something within us that we know just isn't quite right. Our selfishness, our greed, these things that bubble up that we work on. But Runyon's point isn't just that the fall corrupted humans, but the fall corrupted all of the earth. You remember last week in worship, we read from Isaiah, where it says, it gave this beautiful picture of eternity, where it says that one day the lion will lay with the lamb, that the child will stick his hand in the snake hole. Well, nowadays, in the year 2022, that lion and the lamb lay together, somebody's eating lamb chops for dinner. There's entire cable stations dedicated to letting you see the lion eat the lamb. That's not God's good order or God's intention. We see in Genesis, in the fall, That God tells Adam, there's a corruption now. But he also says that cursed is the ground because of you. We see the effect of the fall corrupting 
both us as individuals, but also corrupting all of the world. That's why we see in Isaiah this concept of things being restored. And that's why we see in Revelation. And behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down as a bride adorned for her husband. We see in Revelation this new creation. We see this new heaven and this new earth. And we see the through line in Scripture that God is always in the redemption and the restoration business. And that one day, one day, He will restore and redeem us completely. And there will be no more sickness, pain, and death. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more abuse. There will be no more hunger. All these things will be made right within us as individuals. But likewise, there'll be no more of the corruption in the world. No more brokenness in the world. And the lion will lay with the lamb. And the child will stick his hand in the stake hole. They are not the Lord. Come quickly. That's the end of Revelation. Come quickly, Lord. Yet we wait. We wait, don't we? We see that this vision painted in Revelation, this vision painted in Isaiah, isn't the case now, is it? We know it's not true within us, as we still do struggle to take away that bent to sinning. We see it isn't the case in the world. Just watch the news. Or log on to social media. And you see the brokenness all around us. So we wait. Why, O oh Lord? Why, O oh Lord, are you making us wait? Why are you doing this, God? <laughs> we ask ourselves that question in our lives. Lord, why, why must I wait on this? Why won't you fix it? We ask ourselves in the world, Lord, why, why must I wait? Why must we wait? Why won't you fix it? We ask ourselves that question about so many things and so many places. Is it cruelty that the Lord makes us wait? What is it? We see in the text we read today, both in James and in Peter, that no, it is not cruelty or meanness that the Lord makes us wait, but it is mercy. It is his kindness where we wait. It is our kindness because, y'all, every day the Lord tarries. Every day we have left upon the earth. Every day that God has given us is a gift. It's a gift. Every day we're here is another day to tell somebody about Jesus. Every day that we're here is another day to show someone God's mercy and God's grace and God's love. Every day is another 
day of potential redemption for somebody. It is not cruelty while God delays. It is kindness because every day we have is a day where God can be glorified. It's a day where Christ can be worshipped. It is a day where goodness can flow from us as Christians and from the church. Every day we have is a gift of God's mercy to us. Every day, y'all, every day is an act of mercy. Every day is an act of God's goodness. Every day is a gift. So then, we find ourselves in the waiting, in this moment, asking what do we do? Do we, do we bury ourselves with our distractions and our technology like I wanted to do when I went to the jury duty? Or do we maybe take a different path and work for good in the day that we have? Do we see every day of waiting as a loss or a waste? Or do we see every moment that we have not as a waste, but as a gift straight from God? Every day you've been granted, every moment in the waiting, Every second of our life is a gift straight from the mercy of God. There are no wasted moments. There are no wasted time. There are no wasted people. There are no wasted tasks. Every day we have is a day we can work for good. Every day we have is a day we can show love. Every day we have is a day that we can point someone to Jesus in some way, great or small. Every day we have is God's goodness. Do we take it for granted? Do we take it for granted, y'all? Do we log on to social media? It's funny. If someone told you that in the palm of your hand one day you would have a device which had all, all access to all human knowledge throughout all space and time, and you can use this to learn, to grow, to tell others about Jesus, or you can use it to go on Facebook and argue with strangers. What would you choose to do? Do we choose to give in to the darkness of the moments that we find ourselves and just see life as wasted time? Or do we choose to see what Scripture shows us this morning and what our ancestors have shown us through church history? And what Scripture teaches us over and over is that every moment is a gift. Every moment is mercy. And the waiting that we have is God's mercy to us for us to live, love, and point others to Jesus. So how do we see the waiting? Will we work for good? Will we use the gift of this day to work for good? To grow, to learn, to read, to pray? Will we use the gift of this day to grow closer to God and to point others to God? Or will we use it and see it as a waste of no great importance? God's waiting is mercy. God's waiting is a gift 
to me and to you to allow us to live for him today and to point others to him today. This day is a precious and sacred gift from God that we will never have again. How will we use this gift? Will we see it as a waste? Or we see it as a gift? How will we answer that? Let's pray.